Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey folks, and welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. As always, I'm your host, Jake Roos. And with me today, a special guest, a guy when he's not busy birthing babies and breaking Lincoln Riley scoop, he's uh, uh, working over it on three uh, and busting it out, doing a great job. And uh, we're thrilled to have him on. That senior writer over at on three, Matt Zenitz. Matt, thanks for joining Dog Walk Talk, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Jake. Yeah, uh, Matt, let's just dive right into this. Uh, you're a guy who's well-versed in the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, the SEC certainly as well. Um, you know, uh, Georgia got a major matchup this weekend, no question about that. Dogs have been pretty dominant to this point in the season. I guess uh, we're looking, you know, we see it in the microcosm every week in the local perspective. From the national perspective and, you know, the people that you interact with and talk to, you know, what are kind of the things that you're looking for out of this SEC championship? I mean, really, for me, it's Alabama's offensive line, specifically the right side of the offensive line from center to right tackle against this Georgia front seven that's one of, one of the best damn uh, front sevens that we've seen probably in the, the last decade in college football. So if you look at some of the, the games where Alabama's had issues this year, that, that big deficiency weak area center to right tackle has really been exposed, including against Auburn this past weekend. And obviously they have an even tougher matchup now going against Jordan Davis, that, that defensive line group that's full of future NFL early round draft picks. But that, that's going to be an area that I, I think is going to be problematic for Alabama in this game. And again, again, some of the better front sevens and defensive lines that they face, you've seen it pop up even more specifically, once again, center to, to right tackle. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, one of the tougher ones they faced. And look, I, I feel like, and maybe, you know, this is recency bias on my part, but this feels like one of the more vulnerable Alabama teams that we've seen in, in a little while, uh, you know, in terms of beatability. I mean, they lost a regular season game to AM. They've struggled and, and, and had some guys hang with them. Uh, you know, you're a guy who watched that program closely for, for many years and still does. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, does that, is that an accurate representation or is that, you know, like I said, kind of us being in the bubble over here in Athens? I, I think that's completely on point. They were on the verge of losing to an Auburn team that's that six and six and probably should have lost that, that game. And it comes down to a couple of key things. So the, the offense uh, it is held back by the offensive line not being at the, the typical level that you've seen from Alabama offensive line groups in recent years. And depth at running back is a significant issue right now. So going into the season or going into fall camp, they, they were five deep as far as guys who either had produced for them before or were highly ranked recruits, whether it was at the upper tier four-star or five-star type level. And, and all of a sudden, three of the, the top five from that group, Jace McClellan, Rodell Williams, Kamar Wheaton, are out, ain't injured. So, so you're left with Brian Robinson, who's been the bell pal for them all year, has had a, a good season. 
but uh, only Trey Sanders behind him is the only other scholarship running back that, that's actually healthy right now. Their running back is his real position. Now all of a sudden Brian's banged up going into this game. So that that is a big concern and problem area for them to go along with the offensive line. Well, you know, also, though, too, and we mentioned this in our podcast the other day, I think part of what makes Alabama, Alabama, is these are the kind of moments that they live for. These are these big games and, you know, these big opportunities on these big stages. When it matters most, it seems like the Crimson Tide come through. You know, I guess, where do you see, um, you know, that possibility lying for Alabama? Is there somebody that Georgia fans need to be tuned into and uh, that you expect the Georgia team to be tuned into pretty heavily on Saturday as a difference maker? Yeah, I, I'll go completely outside the box. So somebody who's completely off the radar, Bryce Young. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Bray, Bryce has put himself late legitimately in the Heisman mix at this point, and he, he did some special things late in that game against Auburn and in overtime to help him overcome what was a, a, a tough first 59 minutes of that one. He's a special player. Jamison Williams, a receiver, is in position now to, to be first-round draft pick, one of the first receivers selected, a, a dynamic playmaker, and to go along with that, John Mechie really stepped up for them after Jamison Williams went out with a targeting penalty early in that game against Auburn. And despite being matched up with arguably the, the best corner prospect in, in next year's draft and Roger McCreary ended up finishing that game with 13 catches for 150 yards and then had two scoring catches in overtime. So I would say that's really the, the strength for this Alabama offense is the combination of just that, that really composed – player who has some special characteristics at quarterback and Bryce Young wait with those two guys at, at receiver and and with Brian Robinson boy we'll see how healthy he is going into this game but he, he's been a dependable guy for them at running back uh at, at the running back position when he isn't held back by some of the the issues on that offensive line that we've obviously talked about already well, we've talked a lot about the Crimson Tide, but this is a Georgia-focused show. You mentioned Jordan Davis is a guy that you're definitely going to be watching. You know, when it comes to this Georgia team, what have you seen out of these guys? Who are the guys that have stood out to you, kind of caught your eye, and, uh, you know, have, have kind of caught your ear with uh, other people talking about them as well? Well, Georgia, just looking at them defensively first, it's a defense full of future early-round draft picks. I mean, the Nicobe Deans of the world, uh, Trayvon Walker along the defensive line. They, you, you could go down the list and, and list legitimately like 10 guys who have a chance to be early-round NFL draft picks. But the thing that, that's most interesting for me going into this game is this will be the biggest test for Georgia's offense in, in a while. And I've been curious, we, we Stetson Bennett at, at quarterback and – um, just some of the pieces that they have offensively, if a, a, a good defense, a, an above average, very good defense could potentially create issues for this offense and just overall what this offense would look like against a, a high level of defense. And one thing with Alabama against Auburn, you saw their defense take a step forward, um, held Auburn to that minimal point total to, to where even though the offense was struggling to, to score points, kept them in that game, have Will Anderson, who's a legitimate uh, contender to be a Heisman finalist, to go a long way with Bryce Young, one of the more dynamic edge players that we've seen in college football in a while. I, I'm just curious to see what Stetson Bennett and this offense look, alike, look, look like against that, that Alabama defense and if some of the, the deficiencies there specifically with Stetson maybe get exposed against a, a better defense. I think that's probably the, the question on everybody's mind over here uh, when you're talking about Georgia fans, certainly. Um, 
You know, obviously, I think a lot, Matt, centers around this game and the narrative of Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban and that old, you know, the the mentor and the student and all that. I mean, the story has been written several times. Of course, they've played each other. But I guess, you know, you're a guy who's really well connected. It's in the coaching circles. And, and, um, you know, Kirby, definitely, I think, a highly thought of guy in those circles, certainly. But, you know, how much does this change the perception of Kirby if he is able to pull this one out over Nick Saban? Yeah, I, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking to add that obviously the next step for Kirby, the natural next step is, is winning a national championship. Kirby's done some tremendous things at Georgia. This team is, to, to me, clearly the, the number one team in the, the country at this point. Next step for him is next step for him and this team is just closing this out and winning a, a national title. The Kirby is a tremendously respected figure in the coaching world and has this program at a, a great point. Now it's just a matter of uh, finishing things out with, with this season and taking that next step and winning a national title, which they have a good chance of doing. Well, uh, like you said, speaking of taking next steps, I guess uh, we want to talk a little bit about these coaching rumors out there. Like I said, you've been all over some of the changes that are going on in the national scene, uh, but one that we're hearing a lot about in Athens, and we've heard a lot about, I guess, over the last couple of years, and that's Dan Lanning, a defensive coordinator, a finalist for the Broyles Award this year. You know, um, is his a name that you've heard uh, associated with some of these positions? And, um, you know, also, you know, I, I guess what's your take on what it might take to lure a guy like that away? Yeah. So, so Dan is extremely, extremely highly thought of this. I'm sure you can imagine in the kitchen world, even aside from what, what, what the, the product on the field is for Georgia this year and the numbers and all of that. He, he is with, uh, guys, whether it's the Billy Napiers of the world or just other people that have worked around him and know him, he, he is highly, highly, highly thought of on the, the coaching whenever he finally gets an opportunity to be a head coach. That said, he, even with a, as great as George's defense has been this year, even with his reputation being what it is, I, I doubt to a certain degree that, that anything materializes this cycle. So he was one of early names of, of interest when Georgia Southern was kind of looking to swing big early in the process. They had some interest in him. That just, I mean, it didn't make sense as a fit for, for Dan to, to entertain that one. His name's come up as somebody that Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana may look at with, uh, with, with Billy Napier moving on to Florida, but that's another one. I, I don't think that makes sense for, for him to, to entertain or take a look at at this point. Um, and as far as the, the power five ones that, that are currently open or look like they may come open, I, I just it, it seems like right now that the trend for the most part, even though there have been a couple of exceptions, the trend for the most part is for these schools to go more for current sitting head coaches. And I, I feel like the, the numbers that, that have been thrown out during the course of the last couple of years is that probably two thirds of the head coaches that are hired have offensive backgrounds and uh, that obviously would work a little bit against Dan, even though the, the point that I would bring up, and this is something that's come up in relation to, to Dan recently, is that the success of Dave Aranda, the success of Mel Tucker should make these schools and administrators even more interested in a guy like Dan or somebody like Mike Elko at A&M, just looking at the success that um, two, not only guys with defensive backgrounds ha have had, but the, the fact that two of the best hires in college football during the course of the last few years have been former SEC defensive coordinators, including one with Dave Aranda, who went directly from being an SEC defensive coordinator to, to being head coach. And now all of a sudden, within a couple of years, has Baylor uh, with, with one of the best turnarounds in the country. So you would think that would bode well for somebody like Dan 
But like I said, at this point, it doesn't seem like, uh, at least based on how it's trending, that anything's going to happen this cycle. I, I'd be more curious in, in terms of um, potential staff turnover defensively for, for Georgia. I, I could see maybe being more likely that Glenn Schumann would, would move on and, and get a D.C. opportunity somewhere else. His name's already been brought up for, for some different things, just like it was last cycle. And he's definitely on the radar for, for D.C. jobs. That one would probably be more likely at this point as far as something coming about that would be worth leaning for. Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, uh, kind of in that same vein to, um, you know, you talked about Dan and, and the potential of Schumann. I mean, you know, anything you've heard as far as uh, the offensive staff goes? I mean, Todd Munkin's a guy with former head coaching experience. Del McGee's a really well-respected guy in the, in the league. I mean, you know, uh, any of those guys that you've also maybe heard some buzz about? Yeah. Uh, Todd, Todd Munkin, I think at some point in the, the coming years, uh, we will get another opportunity to be a head coach. Uh, his, his name, uh, I mean, he, he's highly thought of and came up um, not in relation to any specific job, but just uh, being on the radar of somebody who at some point in the near future, even if it's not this year, could be in the mix for another head coaching opportunity at some point in the future. Dell was on uh, the, the list of guys for Georgia Southern. Uh, but obviously it went to, to Clay, Clay Helton. I, I think that he is on the radar for Troy, but there have been some other names that have come up a, a little bit more right now. But that was another one that at some point people around the coaching world think uh, will warrant a, a head, co- head coaching opportunity. And he's another guy who, like we, with a lot of guys on the, this Georgia staff, highly thought of around the, the coaching industry. Well, I'll tell so you Cortez Hankins, another one. So Cortez, well, I, I sure. don't know. But, yeah, I, I don't know if anything happens this cycle. His name hasn't come up for anything during the course of the, the cycle, but he interviewed for South Alabama last year. Um, he's been someone who's re- received interest both in, in terms of getting an interview for at least that one head coaching opportunity uh, to go a long way with interest at the NFL level also. I know the Baltimore Ravens were interested in him th- this past cycle and uh, be interested to see if maybe something opens up at the NFL level that, that he'd be interested in, in leaving for to go along with possible stuff at at the college level also. I'll tell you what, Matt, if I had an opening, I'd hire you because uh, you're on top of all of it, brother. Um, we appreciate you so much, man. I know that, uh, like I said, you got a thousand things going on in the fire. So uh, thank you so much for swinging by, giving us some time over here on Dog Walk Talk. And uh, definitely hope we can do it again soon. And uh, hey, uh, good luck with the rest of the cycle, I guess. And probably good luck getting some sleep when that new baby's born. Nah, I, I appreciate it, man. And thank you for having <laughs> you on, Jake. Uh, we'll do this again soon. Absolutely, man. All right, Matt Zenitz, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Dog Walk Talk. This is presented to you by Dogs HQ. We'll see you later. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.